I hope that's what people would say about our podcast. Is that is an easy listen? It's an easy listen. Yeah, you know, it's it's not too not too serious, not too creepy. That's what I try to tell people think. when I'm like, oh, I have a, a podcast about like paranormal conspiracy theories. I'm like, but it's not. It's like for fun. Yeah, it's not serious research. Fucking coming to our own conclusion based. Like, yeah, it's just, no, it's no, for fun. No. It's just discussion. Just, yeah. just healthy. Red blooded discussion. Red blooded discussion about you know blue collar discussion. Blue collar <laughs> conversations <laughs> about um you know your favorites like yes. haunted boats, haunted people, toxic people, toxic people, haunted bridges, haunted bridges, all, a little bit of everything. A little you, bit of everything. If you if you will. Well, welcome again, our friends. Welcome back to On a Grassy Knoll. Welcome back. The Knoll is grassy and a little bit rainy because it's gross outside. Very again. much that. Yeah, it's uh, it's pouring rain again, but you know, such is life. The rivers are kind of full now. I think that's or good. like um, reservoirs and shit. So oh, cool! That's, that's I know. Whenever it rains, I'm like, oh, but then I'm like, oh, because I think about like homeless people and animals that like don't have homes. Also homeless. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one might say <laughs> homeless people who don't have homes. Homeless. <laughs> so yeah, that's All that right. on that. That's that on that. Um, how are Should you? I. I'm well. Yeah. I'm I'm a little baked. Okay. Not, not gonna lie. Me too. Um I'm I'm getting there right now. Sweet. Uh Bailey made us a fabulous cocktail. I did. What would you call this? Give it a name. Let's call it the Moscow Mule is the Onagrassi Knoll. That's our signature cock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you know I abbreviate all words, so that was not meant to come out the way. It's cock, but not a hard. No- yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say not a hard cock with a K. Just C O C. That's more like cos. I would pronounce it. So our signature cocktail is the Moscow Mule. So what would this be? I'm gonna call this the Vampire. Oh, because that's what I'm talking about today. Bitch. Left field. Left I love field. it. Okay. I Do you like how I draw you that. in really quick? That was, you know, because I'm like, if you me. ask me how I am right now, I'm going to rant about work and it's going to be really boring for everybody Fuck listening. Work. So let's As, just. What did Beyonce say? Uh, quit your job. Yes. I, I just quit my job. Oh, I, I thought you were talking blah, about um, Iggy Azalea. She goes, um, like, she calls into work and says, like, give me my check. I'm not coming in. Like, Period. Me too. Me too. Like <laughs> she's just like me. For she's real. just like me. As if she ever had to work a day in her life. Actually, that's I shouldn't say that because um what's it? Uh her song work. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's it sounds 16 exhausting. in the middle of Miami. <laughs> no <laughs> money, <laughs> no family. <laughs> you can't see it, but I'm twerking. Yes. In this year. Simultaneously. Yeah. Eh, eh, eh. All right. Okay. I'm gonna get into it. Because I'm paranormal today. Okay. <laughs> So, the Louisiana city of New Orleans is infamous for many things. Like, the streets filled with debauchery. Is it debauchery or debauchery? Debauchery. Debauchery. Right in the middle. You were Ooh! like, you were Debauch, like debauch. It's debauch. 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 I don't think in my entire life I've ever said that word. We should put that into, like, our vernacular now. Okay. Do you want to like, do you want to get it to like some debauch? Today? Debauch. You got it. We got to short it. Your cock. <laughs> oh man. Oh, okay. Anyway. Okay. So, so if you didn't know how to pronounce that word, I'm glad we're learning things together. Yeah. Okay. So 
like the streets we'll we'll go back to that sentence mm-hmm. so it's infamous for many things like the streets filled with debauchery mm-hmm. during mardi gras mm-hmm. and infamous murders like the madame lalaurie Ooh, you know perfect thank you perfect. so it's blood soaked history oh. is filled with monsters disguised as regular people oh. And two of the lesser known fiends of New Orleans are actually a pair of brothers named John and Wayne Carter. Have you ever heard of them? No. Interesting, because their story is a story to tell. <gasps> yes. It's a story to be told. It's a story to be told. So, according, according, according. <laughs> <laughs> pitch oh, no, inflection. I'm so high. No, no, pitch inflection. According, She's just according, doing according, it. I'm like, really I'm like Sharpay Evans on High School Musical. So, according to lore, one day in either 1932 or 1934, it's not decided yet, Mm -hmm. a young girl escaped from the house shared by the um, John and Wayne Carter brothers. And as she made her way down Royal Street, a police officer stopped her and listened to her incredible story. (laughs) Supposedly, she and others were tied up in the Carter brothers' home so the pair could drink their blood. (gasps) The girl even had her wrist cut. Yeah. And like showed the police officers, um, which enabled a long, slow bleed. And depending on which report you read, she either offered to take the officer back to the home or was immediately rushed to the hospital. It's kind of debated. Uh, Uh. So regardless of how, the police did make it back to the Carter brothers' home to investigate the girl's claims of vampires in the French Quarter. Mm -hmm. When they made it to their home... They found that the brothers were absent, but they broke in and authorities allegedly found upwards of a dozen bodies <gasps> with wrists slit and blood drained. Bro. Can you believe that? Oh, look at like, what would you heat. do? What would you do? I feel like that's more horrifying than if they were actually in there. Also, right? like at the time, mm-hmm. that, that's so much more. Because then you're just like, when are they coming back? Are they going to find us like finding them? Like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's scary. Yeah, um, there were also at least four captives still tied up to chairs with bandaged but bleeding wrists. Yeah. What the fuck, dude? That's so scary. Some bodies were wrapped in sheets, which, like, that's so spooky. <laughs> There's something so eerily, like, creepy about a, a sheet. sheet. Yeah. 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 I just, uh, what you can't see is what you're most afraid of, I think, so. Damn, that's deep. Listen. Listen. <laughs> I just got kind of horny for that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Nobody said that to me in a long time. Oh my god. I love you. I love you so much. You guys are about to hear some ASMR of us kissing. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, we're so funny. Alright, so getting back into it. Um, like I said, the police broke in. They found numerous bodies and also some captives that were still alive. And where were the brothers during this, right? You're probably like, oh, they were hiding in fear of the police officers, which no, they weren't. They were actually just nonchalantly working their doc job. Oh. <laughs> just not worried about their prey escaping and alerting authorities like at all. So Casual. Casual. I mean, the confidence is Right? Impressive. Astounding. Yeah. I wish I had that kind of confidence. Yeah. Shit. So the police decided to wait in the brothers' apartments for them to return in order to apprehend them, which, like, only in, what, what was this, the 1930s? Mm -hmm. Could you, like, is that allowed? Is that legal by any means? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, let's hide in their apartment until they come back. Let's fucking break and enter in order to catch them. Yeah, 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 it'll be cool. Police logic. (laughs) (laughs) And that's that on that. That's like when I see cops, like, speeding. Mm -hmm. Like, when when there's no immediate emergency, I'm just like, 
or running through stop signs. I'm oh, like, yeah. that's not fair. Yeah. Why like, do you guys huh. get to do that? Interesting. Interesting. If I just put a little, a little light on the top of my car and make and it an alarm, make it look like a skunk, like <laughs> with the color scheme. Like, yeah. Whenever I, I see a cop car or like a car that's even like a small semblance of a cop car, like those Ford, what are they? I think it's Explorers. Explorers. I feel like those shouldn't be allowed to be sold in white, right? To the public. It's so annoying. And I bet <laughs> people know worst. that everybody has that fear. It's the worst. <laughs> they buy yeah. it, like, wanting yeah. to bring that that's kind of like attention. That's like a very, that's a Karen vehicle. Yeah, 100%. Like, you're trying to enforce something. Can I? Yeah. <laughs> I was about to speak to your manager. I was like, <laughs> anyways. Sorry, sorry. Anyways. <clears throat> so, apparently the brothers worked from pre-dawn to dusk and removed the bandages from their captive's wrists and drink their blood before wrapping them up again okay. and then they would go to work because obviously like they're still living in a house they still gotta pay rent <laughs> just because you're a vampire doesn't mean you don't need a job abide by oh my god rules. that's so funny okay there's this anime called the devil is a part-timer in which the <laughs> devil literally decides to come to earth uh-huh. and like they're like well you're on earth now like you have to get a job so he works at mcdonald's no <laughs> Okay, I need to. Watch, I need it's to so fucking funny. watch that. That sounds The first episode is in like a made-up language, so me and Brock, not even high, literally <laughs> so sober, we're just sitting there for the first episode. Like, what the fuck is happening? Like, even with the subtitles, they were just like um, gibberish language. Oh like, my, you I didn't know what was that happening. That, like foreign language being spoken. <laughs> yes, I'm just like, what do you mean? Where are the subtitles for that? That so, sounds so funny. I, love I think that. it's funny that even if you're a supernatural creature, you, you still have gotta have a nine to five. Yeah. <sighs> When the brothers walked into their apartment this night, it supposedly took seven or eight police officers to subdue the two average-sized men. We're talking, like, five foot six. Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. Five foot six and weighing under 160 pounds. Oh. Bitch, I could bench press that. Wow. <laughs> I don't think I could, but, like, you know what I mean. <laughs> I I mean, just the, the mental picture that took me there was exactly. pretty impressive. A still, short king. So. Yeah. They're both short kings. That, I mean, that's... You think they'd weigh more if they were draining from twelve different people? But they don't eat anything else. Oh, you know what I mean. So I feel like they always have some kind of like. Where do you get your protein? <laughs> like literally, they're like yeah. Um, what are those people? Raw paleo vegans. Oh yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow. Ooh, <laughs> she's so annoying. Boo. Boo. Anyway. I don't even like Supergoop that much. So fuck you. Anyways, <laughs> I'm like by La Roche Posay or Elf, like, mm. or the ordinary. Elf is good. Or Inky List. That one's good. Sorry, guys. We're talking about skincare. Anyways, skincare skincare corner over. <laughs> yes. Hey, we're speaking about immortal beings. Immortal and beings. And they have really good skin. And they got good so. skin. They sparkle, bitch. Mm-hmm. According mm-hmm. to Twilight. Sparkle, sparkle. Sparkle, sparkle. So one version of that says that it took seven or eight of them to actually get them. Uh, another version of says that they leapt from their balcony completely unharmed and bolted off into the night. Bro. Yeah. But in this retelling, the police regrouped and they were like, all right, let's go to work and find them once again, like at the docks. Okay. And the, the brothers just showed up the next day for work. They were dedicated. They were probably partner of the quarter. Uh, dude, capitalism. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, even immortal beings have to abide by it. Oh, man. <laughs> so the police were like, oh, for sure. Like, you're under arrest. <laughs> cool. I'm glad you guys are here. Hey, uh, you're under arrest. Hey, guys. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be so excited if I was a police officer. I'd be like, no, there's dude, no, there's no fucking, fucking way. way. Dude, just right there. <laughs> oh, we're so annoying. <laughs> so as soon as they were in the cuffs, John and Wayne, uh, 
that throws me off because I think of John Wayne. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) John and Wayne. John and Wayne. Supposedly began admitting that they were vampires. And they also asked the police to go ahead and just kill them. Because if not, they would continue capturing people and drinking their blood. I mean, facts are facts. Facts are facts. Um, so another version, and this was a version that I saw a lot in my research, was that, um, the, the Carter Brothers legend said that they escaped immediately, and most of the stories say that they were (laughs) caught again. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm like, what's, like, the, what's the point of the, like, you know, the diverge, the divergency, like, truly, because it's such a boring story (laughs) if, like, if you're not going to tell it truthfully like at least make it interesting yeah at least so most of the stories say that they were tried as serial killers in court um their first serial killers actually and this is because you know obviously the courts regardless of their superhuman status had to hold them accountable for their actions and like you said you're on earth man you're on earth such is life it is what it is yep that like i want to go on so many tangents right now Dude, it's really hard. It's really hard. (laughs) All right. What did we? (laughs) This is the spot. Okay, okay, okay. Getting back into it. Really quick um, aside, I just remembered. So you mentioned that they worked on like the docks, yes, like boat docks. So my theory so far is they could be vampires because they came from the old world, if you will, and Mm -hmm. then they traveled by boat many, many moons, many moons ago to arrive here, and then they were just like perfect. This is like the perfect spot to blend in. We'll be probably it's not that noticeable and then started sucking blood <laughs> <laughs> anyway continue. Anyways. continue anyways oh shit i forgot it's still me oh. <laughs> i forgot it's still me <laughs> i thought my story hello it's still me. oh my gosh <clears throat> so i'm so sorry you guys i keep clearing my throat As, like ironically but then i realize that it sounds like i'm doing it on purpose yeah. or like not on purpose like i literally need to clear my throat i don't i keep doing it because i'm like <clears throat> like re- like you mean you know trying to get attention right yeah <laughs> i'm trying to get i'm trying to get attention meaning give me your attention she's got a knife okay <laughs> no but i do have a green bendy straw oh it's even worse dude even worse so um after their executions the men were laid to rest in their family vault in okay. new orleans and when the inevitably, you know, next family member passed away, mm-hmm. the vault holding John and Wayne was open to slide in the new casket. Mm-hmm. However, the vault allegedly held no trace of the brother's remains at all. Dude. You're. Okay. I'm going to say the sentence and it's a little confusing. So bear with me. Okay. Okay. I'm paying attention. So it said, everybody listen. Yes. That vampires love the blood of family members best. Right. And that the procession of vampire remains in the New Orleans cemetery mm-hmm. was a zigzagging like pattern to confuse the deceased's sense of direction. So when they inevitably rose, you know, mm-hmm. from the dead, they wouldn't be able to find their way back to like their family mm-hmm. to kill them. Yeah. Oh shit. Ooh. Like through scent. Yeah. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So apparently this was enough to keep the Carter brothers away from their family. Cause nothing ever, you know, came back, mm-hmm. but not enough to keep them from escaping their tomb. Scary. Now, legend has it that in order for one to turn into a vampire, they must be fed upon seven times and live. Oh, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know that. Yeah, so I learned something new. Hmm. Um, And according to many reports, several of the living victims found in the Carter apartment fit these circumstances. 
Uh, supposedly one victim named Felipe went on his own rampage of blood drinking, tallying at least 32 victims. Whoa! His diary was found in a Bourbon Street dwelling and documented his descent into madness, reporting crazed dreams of blood. Does this, like, still exist? Can you, like, find it? You'll find out, bitch. Ah! I'm like, patience, my lord. <laughs> patience, my lord. <laughs> lord. <laughs> um, Felipe disappeared from the city in 1949. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. Oh. So... The House of Horrors that held the Carter's apartment is still in New Orleans on the corner of St. Anne and Royal Street mm-hmm. and is being rented by new tenants. Can oh, you imagine shit, living that? dude. Hell no. Some residents say that they see the brothers whispering on balconies before jumping to the streets and running off. Yeah. And supposedly the house's lease has been broken quite often <laughs> due to strange happenings in the former vampire lair. <gasps> Okay. That's scary as fuck, dude. So you think you know where I'm going with this, but you fucking don't, okay? (laughs) So let's break break the story down, right? So creatures with vampiric characteristics have appeared at least as far back as ancient Greece, where stories were told of beings that attacked people in their sleep and drank their bodily fluids, okay? Fun fact, Mm -hmm. the term vampire did not exist in ancient times. Oh, Okay. Okay. Um, blood drinking and similar activities were usually attributed to demons or spirits who would eat flesh and drink blood. Okay. Even the devil was considered synonymous with the vampire. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, jumping a few years ahead, tales of walking corpses that drink the blood of the living and spread plague flourished in medieval Europe. <gasps> You know, in times of disease. Yeah. And unfortunately, people lacking a modern understanding of what an infectious disease was came to believe that those who became infected were vampires, you know, preying upon their families first. Mm -hmm. Like quite literally the walking dead. Yes. Mm -hmm. So during the late 18th and 19th centuries, the belief in vampires was widespread in the United States. There's so many documented cases of families disinterring their loved ones and removing their hearts in the belief that the vampire like became of them. You know? uh-huh. <gasps> um, also, if you don't know what disinterment, um, it means to dig up like the body mm-hmm. to exhume the body, but Exhum- exhuming is usually like done professionally or like, you know, allowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas this is like, they're just fucking digging Clandestine the body up. Clandestine as fuck. Oh, yes, dope, exactly. Dope, dope. Um, yeah, they cost money. If yeah. Like a whole team of people. I could do that. Yeah. In half an hour just- for a case of beer. <laughs> Just give me a few hours, uh, a good old shovel. Maybe some gloves. Some gloves, because you're definitely going to get splinters. Yeah, I got nails on there. Yeah. Now, plot twist. The deadly disease. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Just came out of me like a... Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, The deadly disease, tuberculosis, or consumption, Mm -hmm. as it was known at the time, was believed to be caused by these nightly visitations or like attacks Mm. from whoever had died of consumption themselves oh like they came back because they died a horrible death or whatever not to go grad student on you (laughs) please do please do please do but author paul barber stated that belief in vampires resulted from people of pre-industrial societies attempting to explain the natural but to them, inexplicable process of death and decomposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. People sometimes suspected vampirism when a cadaver did not look as what they thought a normal corpse should look like mm. um, when disinterred. 
So rates of decomposition vary depending on temperature, soil, and many of the signs are little known because, you know, a lot of people have never seen decomposition in their lifetime. Let me see where I was. Okay. Oh, right, right, right. So going back to the rates of decomposition, Mm -hmm. um, this, you know, uncertainty or just like unknowingness of people not seeing decomp like for themselves Mm -hmm. has led vampire hunters to mistakenly conclude that a dead body had not decomposed at all or interpreted signs of decomp as signs of continued life. Mm, gotcha gotcha so corpses swell as gases from decomposition accumulate in the torso and the increased pressure forces blood to ooze from the mouth oh. this causes a blot uh, the blob <laughs> the blob i was gonna say body and plump the blob <laughs> this causes the body to look plump well fed and ruddy changes that are you know all the more striking if the person was maybe pale or thin and the living life yeah the living life the living life <laughs> um the exuding blood gave the impression that the corpse had recently been engaging in you know vampire activities gotcha. mm-hmm. um the staking of a swollen decomposing body could also cause the body to bleed and a- force the accumulated gases to escape the body which could produce a groan-like sound when the gases move past the vocal cords i have i have seen that online before actually. really yeah it's it's bizarre but it, it does happen oh that's so scary i know yeah. like morticians have talked about that how mm-hmm. the body will like either like they'll like raise their arm because like the nerves are still like twitching and still firing yeah and one of my um when i was a kid one of my brother's friends back when we lived in um like kind of more inland empire uh-huh. than, than the present day um he was a mortician oh, shit. like he worked in like a morgue and he was like oh yeah he's like one time i had somebody like completely sit up oh that's so scary how could you not like hello it's the medieval times of course you think vampires are real because that's fucking terrifying that was, I, and they didn't have morgues yeah you you buried your dead like in the fucking moment like mm-hmm. after it happened yeah. so i mean there was probably a few cases of mistaken yep. mistaken dead bodies in there but yep. the, yeah that's it's i mean even knowing that now it's still terrifying like i can't imagine that in real life anyway continue so after death the skin and gums lose fluids and end up contracting which exposes the roots of the hair nails and teeth um even teeth that were maybe concealed in the jaw Mm -hmm. so this can produce the illusion that the hair nails and teeth have grown Mm, gotcha gotcha gotcha. and at a certain age or i'm sorry certain age well technically it would kind of be age because time still goes on at a certain stage the nails fall off and the skin peels away with the dermis and nail beds emerging underneath, which could be interpreted as new skin and new nails. Oh, okay, I see. So, I just feel bad for these people who are, like, witnessing decomp. And they were like, Jesus Christ! Like, instead of just taking it for what it is, they had to make something, like, mythical of it. Yeah, because it's like, you have to, you try to find an explanation for things you yeah. don't understand, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, it was very of the time. It's kind of beautiful, if you think about it. Unfortunately, yeah. people were murdered over this, so it's not that beautiful, but, like, the 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 history of understanding yeah 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 we've we've come so far so folkloric vampirism has been associated with clusters of death from unidentifiable unidentifiable or mysterious illnesses uh, that usually happen within the same family or the same small community right mm-hmm. and going back to the case of the Carter brothers there was no illness reported from the victims just the brothers slowly draining the bodies for blood like for fun. Or, I mean, for their taking, right? Mm-hmm. So you're kind of like, hmm. 
it struck me as odd that this fucking story wasn't as famous as it should be. Yeah. Like, that's why when you said, have you heard of them? I'm like, no. You're like, no, I I haven't. Should I have no? I mean, it's a literal real life story of two serial killers admitted to be vampires in the 1900s. Like, question mark, question mark. Like, I literally put question mark, question mark. (laughs) So, um, deathpenaltyusa.org has a index of Louisiana's executions from 1911 to 1961. Oh, shit. Yes. But the only Carters I could find that had been put to death um, was a man named Samson Carter in 1933. And that's literally, like, between the years that this lore, you know, mm-hmm. had been. Um, and also Herman Carter in 1943. Mm. And on top of that, the articles say that the brothers were tried and convicted as quote, serial killers. Mm-hmm. However, the term serial killer wasn't invented until the 1970s. You know, yeah. shout out Mindhunter. Shout out Mindhunter, exactly. <laughs> We're not getting to season three, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so fucking sad. So, basically, my research went to where did this story come from? Mm-hmm. And why do lots of people, including ourselves, obviously, mm-hmm. um, revel in the spooky stories of vampires and other types of dangerous creatures? Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm almost done, I promise. No, no, this is, this is so, I still don't really know where the end destination is, so this is great. In his 1931 treatise on the nightmare, Welsh psychoanalyst Ernest Jones asserted that vampires are symbolic of several unconscious drives and defense mechanisms. Oh. Yeah. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> Color me intrigued. Tell me more. So emotions such as love, guilt, and hate fuel the idea of the return of the dead to the grave, right? Um, desiring a reunion with loved ones, mourners may project the idea that the recently dead must in return yearn for the same. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. From this arises the belief that folkloric vampires and revenants visit relatives particularly their spouses, first. Okay. Right. That makes sense. That okay. makes sense. So in cases where there was a unconscious guilt associated with the relationship, the wish for, un- for reunion may be subverted by anxiety. Mm. Okay. okay. So this okay. may lead to repression, which Sigmund Freud had linked with the development of morbid dread. Ooh, yes. <laughs> I'm like, my life. Gotcha. <laughs> She's just like me for real. <laughs> um, right. So Sigmund Freud. Mm-hmm. You love him, you hate him. He was right about a lot of shit. <laughs> yep. Unfortunately. <laughs> um, so going back to um the psychoanalyst, mm-hmm. Ernest Jones, he surmised in the case, um, in this case, the original wish of a sexual reunion may be drastically changed. Um, desire is replaced by fear love is replaced by sadism and the object or loved one is replaced by an unknown entity so this mysticism this turning your loved one into a monster okay yeah the sexual aspect may or may not be present it's not entirely important but Mm. it just goes to show like what those feelings could be transmuted into Mm -hmm. um some modern critics critics have proposed a simpler theory mm-hmm. that people identify with immortal vampires because by doing so they overcome at least temporarily their fear of dying mm-hmm. that's what i was gonna i was gonna say yeah um jones linked the innate sexuality of blood sucking with cannibalism mm. with a folkloric connection 
with the incubus-like behavior. Mm -hmm. So he added that when more normal aspects of sexuality are repressed, regressed forms may be expressed, in particular sadism, and he felt that oral sadism is integral in vampiric behavior. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. So Yeah, there's something innately sexual about that. It is! I mean, why do they sexualize vampires now? Like, there's something sexy about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you don't know why, but that's kind of the draw. Yeah, something is appealing there. So, the re-mention of the vampire myth in mm-hmm. the modern era is not without political overtones. Um, the aristocratic Count Dracula, alone in his castle, apart from a few demented retainers, appearing only at night to feed on his peasantry, is obviously you know symbolic of the parasitic ancient regime. Mm-hmm. Um, his entry for vampires in the Dictionnaire Philosophique, Ooh. 1764, uh, Voltaire notices how the mid-18th century con- coincided with the decline of the folkloric belief in the existence of vampires, but that now there were, you know, stock jobbers, brokers, and men of business who sucked the blood of the people in broad daylight. But they were not dead, though corrupted. These true suckers lived not in cemeteries, but in very agreeable places. That's fucking punk right? Fuck, dude. Right? He been to and eat the rich, man. Okay, so I'm going to end this on Marx defining capital as, quote, dead labor, which, vampire-like, lives only by sucking living labor and lives the more, the more labor it sucks. Bruh. So. (laughs) (laughs) That was a fucking dumb. If you could have seen my face right now when you were reading that, I was just like. So, yeah, I think vampires are just kind of like capitalist monsters yeah, so yeah. They, they do exist they do they're exist. the one percent man <laughs> you know those people who you call like fun suckers like those are vampires to me those are the yeah. Real vampires yeah, yeah they're like dra- you they're literally draining you for what you got yep everything be it money be it energy be yep. it time like that's whatever it is you got it daddy marks knew that shit dude so yeah that was dope as fuck thank you so I, much that was profound I wasn't sure if it was going to be too much. Nah. And I'm sorry if I went a little fast, you guys. Like I said, I am violently high. We are violently we high. Are violently high. Yeah. Um, like and high. I, <laughs> I decided to do such an intense story that was hard to going into that. So I hope you learned something. I hope we had fun. I learned how to spell or to pronounce debauchery. Debauchery. So, um, yeah. I just want everybody to know really quick that I was staring at um, our pod desk um decor and there's a little plaque that says come in for a bite and it's and a little bad the entire time <laughs> you you learned that i'm actually a i was waiting for him to like have a little face or something and, like start flapping oh, his wings man. like <laughs> that's so funny my i, I feel it. like my room is such a fucking vibe but it like it's so full of like tchotchkes like your room is the same our rooms are total vibes yeah our I rooms are literal definitions of our people yeah 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 of, of who we are, of who we at are. our essence i have so, my yeah. my clutter corner clutter corner i have you know my emotional support laundry pile i have like seven Me, my emotional support hydro flask <laughs> i have like my heated blanket my heated blanket i got my squishmallow wall uh-huh. i have my squishmallows too also i got my little octopus that flips oh, inside out i, I want love one of those, those so bad i i love him Ash gave them to me. Um, nice. One of my one of my coworkers. She moved to Colorado. Really? Shout yes. out, Ash. Maybe she lives near. Never mind. Hmm. 
don't want to try and kill yeah. my family. It, that's really hard. <laughs> it's, it's really, really hard, hard to, to not do that. Because I, I realize that, like, there's strangers listening to I've this podcast. I've been trying not to. No, yeah. and, I mean, there was just that story in the news recently. What? Like, you didn't hear about no, this? what? There was literally, like, a podcaster <gasps> that, like, was murdered by somebody what? that followed... That, the like, podcast? Like, I don't know. I don't remember what podcast it was. Oh but, God. like, they're, like, they had some. Well, RIP to that person. That's terrible. They had some, like, psychotic, like, person um, oh, no. follow, like, drive cross country to, like, find their house. And, like, so a stalker. Them and, gotcha. Yeah. And, like, killed them. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. That was really fucked up. I just heard about that. I think it was, like, maybe two weeks ago or something. That it happened. It was, it was wild. Cool. Dude. Anyway, unfortunate. Unfortunate. That's terrible. I'm so sorry to hear we that. We learn something new every day. We learn something new every day? All right. All right. Let's get into it. I was going to try to hit this, but... No, please do. Oh. Boo. Could you banter for like... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you you want to put me noises? on the I'm sorry. spot like that? Just, just you guys. Quick. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to do the... Oh, God. Your mom's definitely not going to listen to this episode. <laughs> the little ice clinks. Oh, do you want to add the little tidbit of info that she gave us earlier? Oh, you guys, my mom's very disappointed in me because I didn't mention diabetes as being, like, one of the main vampiric lures. Um, but basically, when someone has a low blood sugar, they go really pale and white. Um, they are, like, famished, like, hungry. And they go into a coma if their blood sugar isn't fixed. So that can explain a lot of the, you know, modern characteristics of a vampire. And what else did she say? Um, oh, like way back in the medieval times, how they would determine if somebody had like oh, diabetes. Yeah. They made their servants drink their piss. Yeah. And if it was really sweet, then it was a high blood sugar. They yeah. had like diabetes, diabetes or something. Yeah, that that was the She's so smart. She was she was mad though. We, we didn't mention that because like, my brother and my grandmother have diabetes type one mm. so it's like the hereditary form you're like i didn't want to like bring up my family more. yeah like, okay, mom. <laughs> she was like why did you talk about this i think i triggered her though with my suitcase oh 100 i think she was we're about to leave to hawaii and packing is not fun yeah so. i'm sorry yeah. you gotta roll your clothes i'm telling you hey like rolling everything up really that's yeah. that's literally what i do yeah Don't, you, you ain't gotta worry about me yeah, i know how to pack i'm like you fuck, I, I believe you. i believe i, have to I believe in you. myself when i come to packing because i'm yeah. always under too like <gasps> for yes. the weight of the suitcase yeah Queen. so all right all right i got this to work okay i'm Oop. gonna have a little sippy sip as well my hair is still like damp because it's so cold out. It's yeah, I was I it's like almost right dry. You. Yeah. Like right behind me. <laughs> <laughs> right before I came. Right before I came. <laughs> like, let I me like, hit the shower pad. right behind me. <laughs> I showered this morning. You did not. Oh I was at the dentist this morning. Oh well, yeah. Word? Yeah, word, dude. It was a time. I had to get my, my gum trays fixed. Oh. I had I have bad gum. Oh, okay. Um, I think it's honestly, I think it's part of the OI because there's a form really? of OI that's called dentogenesis imperfecta and it affects your teeth primarily. So, words. <laughs> yeah, big words, dude. Um, and like my dad has really bad gums. So, mm. when they told me, they're like, your gums are receding, you should get these fucking oh. expensive ass trays. I was like, oh, fuck, fine. Um, but it was like, give me a little of some pain. So, I went really? to get it fixed. But, oh, okay. Um, I digress. I digress. Yeah, All right, let's fucking get this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you, can um, you banter? Uh, can I banter? Yeah, I just did. <laughs> okay. Anyway, today my treasured Bailey yes and treasured listeners, 
which there should be more of you by now. That's a, that's a conversation for after the episode. Um, I'm going to be taking you on a little spooky journey into an urban legend slash conspiracy. Okay. Um, that's been around since we were kids, but it's evolved over the years. Okay. I'm so excited. Um, but first, let's have a little memory moment. Okay. When you were a kid, yes. did you more often go trick-or-treating on Halloween or did you stay home and hand out candy? Oh, I was an avid trick-or-treater. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever get a house that had the fun size, the big size candy bars? Multiple times, yeah. yeah? Mm-hmm. Oh, I lived shoot. in, I want to say, like, yeah, upper class neighborhoods. Yeah. That's that's fucking dope. Yeah. I'm glad. I never got a, a full size candy what? bar. What? Oh, I don't think. Not even I'm going to give you a fucking full size candy bar. Thank you so much. Like, <laughs> we'll so hang out on Halloween, but yeah. I'll still, like, ring the door. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be, remember, we're going to be chimney sweeps. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that was our thing. Because we're going to put, like, a fluffy thing on my crutch, guys. Yes. Up, like, oh, my God. It's going to be so I fun. love using, like, mobility aids and props for shit so it's it's gonna be perfect um so i was injured most of my childhood as you probably all know um so i usually stayed home and i gave out candy but it was really cute because my mom would make little baggies of candy like for kids like usually with like a you know like a little pencil or an eraser and like a couple pieces of candy and stuff so So everybody kind of got like an equal amount of candy so it used to be really fun um, but then we moved here and like it's not really like vibing in our neighborhood. Yeah. Like the first like couple years we were there, we had a ton of like really cute trick or treaters. Uh-huh. I remember specifically a baby that was dressed like a bee. Aww. It was really cute. I was, was a bee when I was a little kid. It was so. My niece was a bee too. Aww. Ashley was a bee. And they fucking put that costume on um, the dog now because they still have it. I'm like, you that's guys are fucking... so adorable. I'm like, you're the worst. Leave that poor dog alone. <laughs> but me, I'm like, I love that. <laughs> But I digress. Okay. Um. So since you did trick or treat, yes. Um. Did your parents ever make you dump out your candy? Yes. So they, so they could, could check it. Check it. To yeah. Make sure there was like, what the fuck are they gonna do? Lick every piece so they don't get fucking poisoned? Like, shut exactly. up. Exactly. Just make sure things didn't look. You know. If there's not suspicious. a needle in my fucking. Oh. Specifically, if there's not a needle in your candy yes. or an open piece of candy or any strange substances. I would get some weird things sometimes, but like mainly just candy that you've never seen before or mm-hmm. like one of those like fake spider rings and i'm just like what the fuck is this i don't want those this. are always first of all i'm terrified of spiders so that always and they're was a little like, too upsetting. realistic looking yeah i'm like i don't want to dump out my bag of candy and, and then see, a fake see black that spider. no yeah, no, no we have a fake one in the back like at work for some reason like near one of the printers and i'm like why hasn't anybody put this in the decoration <laughs> bin but that's a story for another time um <laughs> you're so upset about it too <laughs> i'm like i fucking hate looking at it oh i'm my like God, so that's terrified so of spiders Okay, well, okay. then your parents have probably heard of the laced Halloween candy <gasps> myth. Ooh, I love this story. So it's kind of a myth, kind of an urban legend, right. kind of a conspiracy, like I said, because it's got um, characteristics, I think, of all I was going to say, it has layers. It, like has, it really does have layers, yes. This is a very, this is a Shrek of a story, if yes. you will. Um, so first, we have a 2002 article in The Atlantic by Caroline Nice titled The Halloween Scare That Won't Go Away, in which she interviewed Joel Best, who is actually a professor of sociology and oh, criminal cool. justice, which is hey. kind of cool. I'm like, that's both of our, yeah, that's both both of of our us. majors. I love that. Um, at the University of Delaware. And he's actually been researching the origins and development of the tampered candy myth since 1983. Oh, shit. So this is like his like life's work. This is kind much. of modern. Yeah. Yeah. 19, 1983. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure if you remember, but I mean, this story came out last year and there was a huge panic over the quote unquote rainbow colored fentanyl 
that was making its way into school. The war on drugs, my my good people. Babes, that failed such a long time mm-hmm. ago. Such a long time ago. And they're ago. really trying to reinvent it with fentanyl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So that was the big scare last year. And uh, Professor Best had some thoughts on this. And he said, quote, it's ridiculous. The DEA, or the Drug Enforcement Administration, put out a press release at the end of August saying, we're seeing fentanyl pills in different colors, and maybe this is a way of making the pills more attractive to younger users. Now, they're not talking about children. They're talking about young users of opioids, which would be young adults or maybe people in late adolescence. Hmm. The connection to Halloween came in a Fox TV interview with Ronna McDaniel, who is the chairwoman of the Republican National Committee. She was the one who said, quote, there's all this rainbow fentanyl and mothers across America are going to be worried about whether this is going to appear in their children's Halloween treats. I don't think anybody should be worried about fentanyl being in their kids' candies. Like, nobody... That's not a thing. I'm like, I don't know if they know how, like, you know... Drugs work, but you pay for your drugs. Yeah, babes. I'm like, nobody's just willing to give your kid, yeah, no, like, sorry. $60 worth of free drugs. Unless you're just... doing it to a specific kid for a specific reason, which that's a whole problem in and of itself. And that's exactly what we'll be discussing today. Oh, okay. Actually, so All right. you, look at you. You, wow. you. The finger is on the pulse, baby. Oh, man. That was good, dude. I'm impressed. Um, so he claims that, um, Joel Best claims mm. that in year, his years of research, there has never been one case of a child being killed or seriously injured by Halloween candy tampering. Quote, yep, there's that famous case of the guy who murdered his son. But I don't count that. Why? But that's a real story. That is the real story. And oh, that... but it was for a specific purpose. Mm-hmm, okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is the actual real story of Houston's Candyman, which is the first case we'll be talking about today. So we are telling first the tale of Houston's Candyman. Now, the next little bit of info I got from this really great um, A&E article. Um, I don't have the title of it right now, but I will post it in the show notes which i need to catch up on because yes. we do have i i saved all my shit in you like did. google folders like all my links but mm-hmm. i haven't like actually put them like to put them in the episode you know maybe once we get like more famous yeah maybe people will actually more care. people tell their friends about it and you know listen to <laughs> we it you sound so bitter <laughs> be aggressive passive, be passive aggressive, aggressive. <laughs> okay so okay the year is 1974 1974. Halloween night, to be exact. Spooky. Spooky Halloween. Um, Ronald O'Brien of Deer Park, Texas, took his children, Timothy and Elizabeth, out trick-or-treating, even though there was a little drizzle of rain that was falling. The O'Briens were a typical suburban family, and they attended Baptist church services on weekends, where Ronald, the father, served as a deacon, being called a, quote, good Christian man and an above-average father. So he's a pedophile. <laughs> so already you know something is going to go terribly wrong. Either he's a, a pedophile... Good, he's a good Christian man. Or something horrible is going to happen. So yeah. that, that sets the scene right there. But there were serious issues within the household. Ronald couldn't hold down a job to save his life. Me. Having worked for 21 different companies oh, in a 10-year span. Oh, never mind. I'm just kidding. I've been at my job for like eight years now. Yeah. And, you know, he was actually fired from each job due to either suspected theft or negligence. <gasps> and not only that, he was $100,000 in debt. How do you... Oh, my God. Does he have student loans? <laughs> it's the 70s, babe. Nobody had student loans. That's true. You're so right. It was like $2 like 20, to go to Yale. 22-year-olds had houses by this point. Like, nah, dog. That's true. Um, He was making about $150 a week. And he was literally on the brink of being fired from his current job as an optician because his boss suspected him of stealing. 
Really? So this guy was not a good person. So it's Halloween 1974 and family friend Jim Bates joined Ronald and his kids for the evening. The group, minus Ronald, who was hanging kind of far behind everybody. Creepy. Mm-hmm. Arrived at one house, but when the children knocked, there was no reply. So they left. Shortly after, Ronald caught up with them holding five giant pixie sticks and claimed that the house they were just at actually was home. There was people actually home and okay. they were giving out expensive treats. Back the pixie sticks were expensive treats back then? I guess. I mean, he said they were giant pixie sticks. So. I mean, no, I, I know I'm picturing exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. But those were like the cheapies at the lake that mm-hmm. I used to live at. Yeah. So... You know, I, interesting. I, that's the one thing I, I didn't do a price conversion for this one. Damn I should have. This would have been a perfect one. I'll get back to you guys. Spot. Okay. Um. So back at the Bates's home, Ronald gave each of the four kids a pixie stick, and when a last-minute trick-or-treater arrived, he gave that kid the last one. Now Ronald let his kids get one last piece of candy. <sighs> Sorry, guys. No, you're good. <laughs> um. He gave his kids one last piece of candy before bed, and unfortunately, his son Timothy picked the pixie stick. Mm. He's like, yes. <laughs> He's like, this thing's fucking huge. Hell yeah. Um, O'Brien then told police, quote, 30 seconds after I left Tim's room, I heard him cry to me. Daddy, daddy, my stomach hurts. He was in the bathroom convulsing, vomiting, and gasping. And then suddenly he went limp. Unquote. Sadly, Timothy died on the way to the hospital less than an hour after consuming the pizza stick. Damn, what the fuck he put in there? Cyanide? I wish you guys could see the face I just made. (laughs) Smirk. Um, It was literally the emoji, like, (laughs) smirk. Um, at the morgue, the medical examiner picked up the smell of bitter almonds. Yep, that's from cyanide. Oh, I'll, ne- I'll never babe. forget that. Almonds. Even though apparently there's some people that don't have like a specific mm-hmm. gene or something, so they can't smell it. So there okay. are, there's like, I don't know. It's like people a... who think cilantro tastes like soap. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Cilantro is delicious. That's me, bro. I love the taste of cilantro in my food, but I do not like to chew cilantro. What? I mean, I don't like to chew cilantro, but like, yeah, I like it in my food. Like, yeah. I'll do, like, French cilantro, like, in soups, like, in salads. Like, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. it takes a lot for me sometimes. Really? It's, yeah. I and love that I feel shit. like a bad Mexican, for real. And, like, my ancestors would be so disappointed. Like, yeah, me too. Um, anyway. Timothy's autopsy confirmed that he had died from cyanide poisoning. Jesus Christ. And tests found that um, there was enough potassium cyanide in his system to kill two to three grown-ass men. Holy shit! And he's a fucking baby child. He's a baby child, dude. He's how many? He's how old? Nine, I said, I think. Um, I, oh, I didn't specify his age. He was, like, under ten yeah, years old, though. Yeah. He was a very young child. He was a wee lass. Um, and police were able to find the other four pixie sticks, um, and they found that the last two inches of the tubes were filled with cyanide. Ooh. So we know where this is going. Bitch ass Ronald gave police <laughs> conflicting accounts of the night's events leading up to Timothy's death, causing authorities to look into him deeper. They found that he had taken out multiple life insurance policies on his two children, which totaled the approximately $100,000 he had accumulated in debt. I'm so glad that I know people hate insurance policies and shit, and don't get me wrong, so do I, but I'm so glad that they cracked down on life insurance policies, because yeah. Jesus fucking Christ, people were killing each other for $40,000. Why does a six-year-old have, and that's funny you say 40000 because that's exactly what Timothy's policy was valued you, at. Oh. What the fuck? Leatherface, hello. That's so scary. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay. Anyways, okay. anyways, back to the story. I think Leatherface is done outside. Thank God. Um, thank fucking God. For now, for us. For us. Um. So, police found out that 
Ronald had been to a couple of local chemical companies asking about where he could buy cyanide. And he actually... What was life like without the internet? For real. And he actually even asked them, like, playfully, according to investigators, how much cyanide it would take to kill somebody. I'd be like... 911. Yeah, the the numbers like flashing past yeah. your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was me. Um, and Ronald O'Brien failed a polygraph test on November fifth, nineteen seventy four, and he was arrested and charged with murdering his own son Timothy. On June third, nineteen seventy five, Ronald O'Brien was convicted of murder and sentenced to death after only an hour of jury deliberation. Jesus so Christ. they they I'm like technically all of that is circumstantial evidence. That that's crazy, bro. That's crazy to me. Yeah, I'm like, listen. <laughs> as a legal, almost professional, as a criminal that's crazy. justice um, mind and a sociologist mind, you can see where. I'm <laughs> okay, stop calling me criminal justice. I am justice, just justice, no criminal, oh, just justice. Yeah, just justice. I'm the law based side, like philosophically speaking. And what she said in layman's terms was i'm the law bitch i'm the law bitch i wish i'm yeah. like the lowest <laughs> no, 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 no 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 at this moment maybe yeah um and of course he attempted to appeal his sentence but there was no escaping um what he had done and he was executed by lethal injection on yeah. march 31st 1984 i want to hold on i'm gonna google something really quick please what, what do they do they inject oh what do they use like what's yeah, the chemicals for lethal i think there's three different ones like all mixed together mm-hmm. pabulon is used to cause muscle paralysis and respiratory arrest potassium chloride to stop the heart and mitozolam for sedation which is oh, yeah of, you said three mm-hmm. it's kind of funny that they like sedate you though for something like that it's really fucked up i just thought yeah. about animals getting sedated for bro why would you do that <laughs> that i'm telling you when i'm high my brain goes let's think about the saddest we were doing so well right now. We're doing so well. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're getting back to it. We're getting back to it. We we're can come back, to back it. from this. Okay. And um, after his death, Ronald O'Brien became known as the man who killed Halloween. Um, and bummer. The Candyman. What a fucking. Oh well, that's. I was like you said, scary. also substantial. Um, he never confessed his crimes, but theories abound as to why he chose to murder his child on Halloween night. Um, David Skull, a Halloween culture expert. Love that. This is a job, bro. Yeah, We should bro. look into this. Yeah, we should. Um, and also author, told A&E, quote, It's thought that he was aware of the urban legends about Halloween poisoners and cynically assumed that his use of cyanide-laced candy would deflect suspicion from him to some anonymous boogeyman. Unquote. But he went to a house that didn't answer their door. But the thing was, he was lingering behind the group of kids so he already had the pixie sticks on him at that oh, point oh yeah 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 no 100 but that's what i'm saying like, like he didn't meet anybody he couldn't give a description oh, true. there like, was no alibi there was no alibi gotcha, at gotcha, all gotcha. yeah circumstantial evidence Sir, like all said. circumstantial i'm gonna ask bro. you to explain that to me later okay I, i'm still a little confused about the technicalities okay. um but my friends this is not the first documented case of somebody <gasps> actually tampering with halloween candy really yes oh shit tell I'm me take more. you back a little bit okay Halloween, 1959. Okay. We're in sunny California, where dentist William V. Shine took fucked up kids. A, that's a cool-ass name for like a dentist. William V. Shine. My shiny teeth and me. Shiny teeth, shiny teeth. Oh, we went two different directions. Uh, that's fine. But we, we did the, the Same, right... Yeah, yeah, yeah. My shiny teeth that we draw just like the stars in space. God, we're so annoying. Okay. Yeah. Um. So he took fuck them kids to new heights Slay. and decided to play a pretty fucked up prank on trick-or-treaters <gasps> that approached his house that night. 
That night, Dr. Shine handed out 450 candy-coated laxatives <gasps> instead of Whoppers or Skittles. That's poisoning somebody, bro. About 30 children got pretty sick from the laxatives, but none were reported to have suffered any serious damage. And when the pills were traced back to the dentist, he was charged with outrage of public decency. Jesus Christ. Which, that's such a 1950s crime. That's such a 1950s crime, because now you would get literally, You outraged public decency. Yeah. Like, what? what, I feel like now you only get that if you expose yourself. You poison children. Yeah, you poison children, bro. That's fucked up. Um... I couldn't find any follow-up info on, like, what happened after that. Okay. I'm assuming he probably didn't serve jail time and had, like, a fine He probably got a slap on the wrist. Yeah, because yeah. he was a doctor, man. Yeah. He, even though he's a dentist. Um, another case that unfortunately also ended in tragedy occurred in 1970 when a sweet baby boy, five-year-old Kevin Tostin from the Detroit area, fell into a coma and died after finding and ingesting his uncle's heroin stash. <gasps> no! Which was apparently in the form of a capsule. Oh, that's interesting. According to a November 10th, 1970 article from the New York Times, quote, five-year-old Kevin Tostin, who died Friday of a narcotics overdose, apparently swallowed a capsule of heroin and not Halloween candy sprinkled with the drug, police said today. Inspector Robert A. Slotkey of Detroit Homicide Bureau said that the boy apparently swallowed a capsule containing heroin while visiting an uncle's home. He said that the police didn't know how the child had obtained the capsule and that no warrants were being sought out in the case. Hmm. Unquote. Okay. But police analysis later found that Kevin's own family had sprinkled heroin on the (gasps) remaining candy to protect the uncle from prosecution. Holy shit. Yeah. Sorry, you're going to jail if you're doing heroin. <laughs> well, okay, no, that's not no, that's not true. But I take like, that back immediately. But you know what I mean? Like you you indirectly indirectly killing my child, you're going to jail. Sorry. I don't like, care what kind no, of family we are. There's no protecting that. Yeah. No. I feel like that poor bass that poor, poor baby, dude. Five years old. That's so sad. The sweetest. Also, I've never heard of uh, heroin in a capsule, capsule. right? I'm like, maybe like in powder form, probably, because, you know, there's steps it has to go through before it's ingestible. Um, I was going to get the specifics, but no. Um, So, by 1985, the media had driven tainted candy hysteria to peak heights. And an ABC News slash Washington Post poll of the time found that 60% of parents feared their child would be injured or even killed because of tainted Halloween candy. Oh, shit. But aside from these two cases where the danger actually loomed much closer to home, there's never been any other deaths. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, you mentioned needles. Yes. And chocolate, right? In 2000... The year 2000. I said I went to the year 2000. Um, Not much has changed, but they live underwater. <laughs> Sponsor us. <laughs> uh, so in the year 2000, uh-huh. 49-year-old James Joseph Smith of Minneapolis. I know. James John Jacob. Jingleheimer Schmidt. <laughs> oh, he poisoned my candy. Um. You're doing great with the songwriting tonight. Thank you. I try. It's the weed. It's the weed. Um, So this man decided to hand out Snickers bars containing sewing needles as a fun, sneaky surprise for Halloween. Luckily, only one 14-year-old boy was pricked by a needle in the candy bar, and he wasn't seriously injured. Oh. Um, James Joseph Smith was arrested soon after the incident and charged with one count of adultering a substance with intent to cause death harm or illness see that's much more of the time yeah yeah, yeah too. public 
outrage. Out, uh, yeah, outrage <laughs> for public decency. Yes. <laughs> Um, however, he was ruled incompetent to stand trial, and the charges were suspended, um, while the local attorney's office filed a petition to have him committed to an institution as mentally ill. Okay. And that's about all we know about that. There was never any follow-up that I could find. Okay. One, okay. Two, three, so, getting back into it. Getting back into it. Um, so, we've talked about actual deaths. Yes. Um, caused by accidental ingestion of... Mm um poisons yes. or drugs um that happened around halloween and also not accidental and also not accidental and we've talked about needles and candy yes. but what about my favorite what thc laced candy <laughs> <laughs> give me some of that i'll go trick or treating um and this one actually has one documented case that's oh. actually still developing and this is out of winnipeg canada oh shit this happened just last year really holy yes. shit so a couple, Sheldon Chachinov, 63 years old, and Tammy Sigurder, his wife, 54 years old. Sigurder. Sigurder. It's hard to say. It looks really beautiful written, but it's really hard to say. Where is it? Sigurder. It's hard to say. I'm like, I'm not like Icelandic. I can't say that. Yeah, shit. right. Um, so they were handing out candy in their upscale neighborhood on Halloween night when police claimed that they gave at least 13 children aged six, age 6 to 16 um uh, thc edibles that were packaged to look like nerds rope and um these contained about 600 milligrams of thc <gasps> holy shit balls now we live in california and the legal, legal dispensary storefront limit for milligrams in is edibles it 100? is 100 yeah so <laughs> so 600 bro i lost my shit i started seeing reiki colors oh yeah I, no yeah. i remember the last time i had a, a trap shop cookie and it almost killed me like it yeah. was it was not it's not, it's not it's a good not time fun. it's not a good and time. for a child not a child. knowing what a high is that's so terrifying exactly now according to an article on ctv news winnipeg a nine-year-old girl came home with candy that said 60 minute activation time which prompted her mother jocelyn cordero to inspect the bag which read medicated nerds rope bites Cordero then alerted parents in the neighborhood via social media, and she called the authorities. That's so... Okay, but who is wasting their fucking edibles on children? Mm-hmm. This is where the story gets a little weird. Okay. The police searched the home of the couple on November 1st, and they believed that the pair had, quote, destroyed evidence linking them to the occurrence. That same day, the couple's friend and criminal defense lawyer, Richard Wilson, told authorities that Chochinov, quote, disclosed that the two ran out of Halloween candy on Halloween night and distributed the THC candy from their personal stash. That this was a mistake made when under the influence and that both he and his wife regretted what they had done. Unquote. Oh, so they admitted to it. Yeah. Oh, shit. To their friend slash defense Criminal attorney. defense lawyer. Yeah. Um, now, police investigators did find regular candy near the front door of the couple's home during the search. Authorities then seized Chochinov's phone during the search, believing the pair had, quote, conspired via call or text message to destroy evidence in relation to the offense. Unquote. Damn. I was going to say, there's no way, but damn, sounds like there's way. There's way. And now I'm going to end with a, a little um, a little big quote. Okay. <laughs> quote <laughs> big little lies. <laughs> big little lies, exactly. Um, quote, Chochinov and Sigurder each faced 13 counts of causing bodily harm by criminal negligence, administering a noxious thing 
with intent to endanger life or cause bodily harm. Okay. Adult distribution of cannabis to a young person. And adult distribution of known illicit cannabis. Interesting. Unquote. Now, the case is probably still developing because yeah. we haven't been able to find an update. Oh, yeah, yeah, since. for sure. And to quote my girls, Heather and Christy, Sinisterhood, what do we think? Hmm. That's very interesting. The entire story. Lots of rabbit holes that you took me down. Yeah. Is that how you felt during my story? A little bit, yeah. Okay. I, I love was that. Like, there's I really little like turns in every there's little turns in every I didn't corner, know where dude. it was going every time. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I was gonna try to do this in like sequential order and then I was like, no, I feel like it needs to kind of jump around yeah. to flow a little bit better. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. hope you guys Isn't that weird? Choppiness sometimes helps the flow. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So we you know we kind of time jumped and stuff here, but um yeah, it's there's only any other deaths that have occurred on or near Halloween have actually often been pedestrian incidents. Oh, that makes more sense. Um, you know, it's Halloween, kids are wearing maybe dark colored costumes, costumes, you know, drivers aren't being careful. Yeah. It's a lot know, of people get drunk on Halloween. A lot of streets are really dimly lit as uh-huh. well, like for one reason or another. So there's all kinds of hazards, but most of them point to pedestrian incidents. That makes more sense. When there is I'm like, child who's, death. Besides these weird ass Canadian people. Uh, no offense, Canada. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that people are just freely giving away their drugs. Like, mm-hmm. no, I'm sorry, I paid for those. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. I want to keep them. And the um, Wikipedia page for um, poison candy myths um, actually points out a couple other cases that um, were first attributed to poisoning, but then were later um, proven false. Oh, okay. And another one that I didn't mention was um, in 1978. Patrick Lederhold, a two-year-old boy from Flint, Michigan, died after eating Halloween candy, but toxicology tests found no evidence of poison, and it was determined to be natural causes. Oh my god, did I tell you that the way they found out Brock had diabetes was they took him to the hospital, like, after Halloween, and the doctors accused my parents of them giving him too much Halloween candy because his blood sugar was so high? Dude! And she was like, he's a baby! Why would I give him Halloween candy? He was, like, 18 months old. Yeah. They thought he was chomping down on some mm-hmm. fucking nougat. Yep. Bro, he ain't got teeth. Starburst. Like, he ain't exactly. got teeth, bro. <laughs> if they can't have water for a certain age, you think I'm going to give my motherfucking child Halloween candy? Like, you're yeah. out of your goddamn mind. That's bizarre. So two two diabetes uh, anecdotes. Anecdotes. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. Um, and then in 1990, there was a case in Santa Monica where a seven-year-old girl named Ariel Katz died while trick-or-treating. Um... Her parents did tell the police that she had been diagnosed with an enlarged heart, um, even though early press reports blamed poison candy originally, which is kind of a bummer. Um, And in 2001, a four-year-old girl in British Columbia died after eating Halloween candy, but she actually died of a streptococcus infection. Oh, shit. Yeah. So... There there you have it. Wow. Officially, the only two deaths that, like have occurred on or near halloween that were attributed to right. candy ended up being family members yeah it's which always is, which is it's always people case. you know which is often the case yeah um there is a like, very small statistic of a stranger and like there's evidence supporting the fact that most of these um like if there's any like tampering with candy around halloween time mm-hmm. it's most often a family member or somebody that right. the person knows yeah so it's one of those things one of those things but um cool yeah I'm still going to harass kids I know to give me their Halloween candies. For sure. Which I know like four kids. So that should be easy. I don't know if my niece and nephew even trick or treat anymore. I, I have a like terrible feeling they don't. <laughs> I'm I think, like, I, I, I think, think of Ashlyn your nephew would. and I'm like. Yeah, I think Ashlyn no. would though. I'm like, Hi Ashlyn, they listen. Oh, really? Ashlyn, yeah. Hi, my friend. 
Um, Y'all are so cute. They actually told me, or Monique messaged me yesterday and was like, um, Did they like us? Me oh, and, yeah. Oh, well, they didn't say anything about that. They said me and Ashlyn were listening. Um, and oh, we Maybe looked at the clock and it was 444. Because oh! yesterday I posted about 444. Oh, duh. Yeah. So oh, I was like, oh, that's, that's so cute. cute. I love it. All right, guys. That's Today that's was a biggie. Today was a biggie. A biggie, yeah. A longie. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Make sure to follow and subscribe. Leave five stars if you're feeling lucky, punk. Um, what else? Follow us on Twitter at OAGK Podcast. Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at On a Grassy Knoll. And our email. Send us emails um, about your shit. Your paranormal OAGK shit. Redux, R-E-D-U-X at, at gmail.com. Cool. And tell your friends, tell your coworkers that we're here and we're queer. We're queer and they should get used to it. And they should lend an ear. And they oh, oh. we're here, we're queer, and you should lend an ear. Yep. Yep. Bada bing bada boom. Bada Robert bada Frost is turning over his <laughs> 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 All right, bye guys. Bye. Love you, mean it.